Chapter Eight of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Angelique G. Campbell, January two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts, Marie Rogers. Heaven knows that I do not wish to show up Grandpapa in this narrative, or make the unhappy old sufferer appear worse than he was. Indeed my desire is to write with a dispassionate pen to state facts and leave scientists legal experts and students of ethics to draw their own conclusions but i do not intend that anything shall blind me to what i owe my grandpapa and i will say that in the matter of marie rogers he was not entirely to blame the girl set her cap at him haunted him in the tap-room at her father's place of entertainment sent him flowers gushed about him to me and did everything she could to flatter his vanity this had always been extremely easy he was still old enough to feel tickled by the attention of a woman of thirty miss rogers had a childish prettiness of manner which might have been effective when she was younger but struck me as rather ridiculous now she talked young and dressed young and pretended a general ignorance of the seamy side of the world which took in my grandpapa completely no doubt it had similarly deceived the life insurance agent that young man lost his temper with miss rogers over the matter of my grandpapa and received short notice in consequence gad said grandfather is very gratifying an old buffer of a hundred and six to cut out this youngster what do ye think of him arthur not a day older than thirty eh i think you are on the verge of a volcano grandpapa you are doing a most dangerous thing by stopping here already people laugh at your new piebald wig as they call it you ought to have left chislehurst three months ago as i urged you at the time well well let em laugh who cares i'm sure i don't this girl takes my fancy and that's a fact she's in love with me and can't hide it and rogers hasn't any objection of course not he knows what you're worth i've been wondering if i could run away with her and marry her somewhere in scotland said grandpapa winking at me i did not understand the wink and asked him what he meant it doesn't matter he answered only she might get tired of me when i grow younger and i myself might fancy something a little fresher later on once and for all i said this inclination towards matrimony is reprehensible and must be crushed dear grandpapa i implore you to fight against it don't let every woman you meet fool you into a declaration do be circumspect for heaven's sake look on ahead it's brutal always asking me to do that he answered shedding tears for it was one of his maudlin days i don't want to look ahead the future can take care of itself i'm spoiling for somebody who would be a comfort to me at home somebody who would take a bright view of things and not always be ramming the future down my throat like you do i see no reason why i should not marry then let me give you some 
i answered desperately you must remember what lies in store no woman shall suffer as i have suffered and am suffering this girl marie rogers is thirty or more you are say five and fifty in four years time you will be fifteen you cannot get away from that the horrible fact is reached by simple arithmetic imagine yourself at that age saddled with a wife and perhaps a family if you can face such prospect with a good conscience i cannot i'd rather die than see you in such a position he laughed bitterly what relation would you be to them i wonder the brats would be your uncles and aunts and my wife your grandmother what a fool you'd look i couldn't see it and for the first time since the commencement of the new scheme i lost my temper with my grandpapa oh you horrid depraved old man i cried will no words or tears or prayers make you pause and reflect cannot your only surviving relation your own son's child carry any weight with you would you rather have this flighty female at your side than me cannot you realize what i am doing for you what you would be without me i blush for you i blush for your disgraceful taste and wicked ambitions you who ought to spend all your time on your knees and in church calling on providence to avert this tomb you shall not marry hear me i say once and for all you shall not if you dare to get engaged again i'll tell the women's people i'll make a clean breast of it to mr rogers then you'll have to leave this place whether you like it or not i've done a great deal for you but i'm only human and you've stung me beyond endurance to-day let us have no repetition of this terrible conversation make your choice once for all take marie rogers or let me stay with you and fight for you but you cannot have both of us he was rather cowed by my vehemence of course if you're going to make such a fuss i must debate with myself he said only it's rather awkward now why didn't you speak sooner you must have seen the woman adoring me for the last six weeks i gave you credit for a certain amount of proper feeling i answered that was weak he said i've made a law unto myself lately as a matter of fact we are engaged i popped the question yesterday in the bar parlor and she cried and asked me to see the old man he was delighted i didn't explain things to him but it's a very good bargain for marie she'll have a rum time of it certainly for five years and six months then i shall fade away or be carried off in a fiery chariot or something and she can take the money still i may be doing a foolish thing my tastes are changing so readily i'm certain to drop my eye on something more up-to-date as soon as i'm booked to her i implore you grandpapa to throw her over she doesn't love you she is marrying you for your money 
her regard will never stand against the shock of finding out the new scheme she will confide in others and ruin your peace of mind possibly she will run away altogether when you begin to to shrink as you must i on the contrary am prepared to face everything tear her image from your heart fight the passion and conquer it rest on me my grandpapa smoked and drank whiskey while i sat up in the small hours and argued with him i believe you're right he said at last i can't face the girl nor yet her father now but i really think we'd better drop the connection socially of course it's not satisfactory at all no doubt young widdicombe the life insurance agent will come back when i'm gone yes we'd better make tracks perhaps she hasn't got anything in writing besides i'm sick of this place i've quarrelled with nearly everybody in it and i'm owing some money too some debts of honour that i think i can wriggle out of paying i'll try and forget marie we'll shoot the moon before quarter day by shooting the moon my grandpapa explained that he employed a well-known technicality which meant leaving chislehurst at night in an abrupt manner without letting our departure be known beforehand or advertising our new address in the local newspapers or even mentioning it at the post office End chapter eight